You're listening to the summary of the interview. For a link to the full-length episode, please check the description below. Welcome to another episode of Investing in Regenerative Agriculture, Investing as if the Planet Mattered, a podcast show where I talk to the pioneers in the regenerative food and agriculture space to learn more on how to put our money to work to regenerate soil, people, local communities and ecosystems while making an appropriate and fair return. Why my focus on soil and regeneration? Because so many of the pressing issues we face today have their roots in how we treat our land, grow our food and what we eat. And it's time that we as investors, big and small and consumers, start paying much more attention to the dirt slash soil underneath our feet. Before we get started, I've been recording these interviews next to my day job and I will definitely continue to do so and release about an episode a month. But at the same time, I would love to take this further, share more interviews. There are many more stories to share on investing in regenerative food and agriculture. More depth, improve the quality, maybe even doing some video series. So I started a Patreon community, which makes it easy to support creators like myself. If these podcasts have been of value to you, and if you have the means, I invite you to support me and make this happen. For more information, please find the link to my Patreon account in the description below. And now, without further ado, the interview. Enjoy! You're going to listen to an interview with Judith D. Swartz, writer, author of two very important books in the regenerative agriculture space, one on cows and soil carbon mostly, and one on water and the water systems we usually don't consider. So I was at this conference and I heard a statement that simply would not let me go. And that was that over time, more CO2 has gone into the atmosphere from agricultural practice from the soil compared to the burning of fossil fuels. And that fairly hit me over the head because I felt that I was somewhat knowledgeable about climate change. that for every increase of soil organic carbon of 1%, that represents an additional 27,000 gallons per acre of water that can be held in the soil. How do you pick a title for your book um, perspective? Um, I was thinking about it and writing a book about soil. I mean, soil is kind of like a, a word that might, might in many instances end a conversation. Oh, I'm writing a book about soil. And someone might look at you and say, okay, that sounds very interesting. I think I'll move to the next person I might meet at this cocktail party. Um, you know, it just, you know, soil isn't considered sexy. The way I often look at it is, um, so in trying to understand challenges that we have, um, one can look at natural systems and ask how did our natural environments deal with those challenges. So um, holistic management, this particular way of approaching the management of um, grazing animals, it resolves a challenge that in nature how do arid environments, um, specifically 
um, areas of seasonal rainfall, which is a large percentage of our climate. It happens to be of, of our planet, not where you live in the Netherlands or where I live in Vermont in the United States, where we have moisture distributed fairly evenly throughout the year. But in much of the world, we have rainy season and a dry season. And so nature had the challenge. How do we maintain moisture in the soil in order to sustain plant and microbial life from the end of one rainy season to the beginning of the next? And the solution that nature came up with was through the behavior and the digestive system of grazing animals. So um, since the way that we humans have been managing the earth, we lack the predators that had managed those animals and we lack the huge roving herds that had existed in these seasonally dry landscapes through history. And so that leaves a void. So that void can be filled by humans managing grazing animals in a way that they had acted in natural ecosystems so that the grazing animals um, they would nibble the the um, the plants in a way that stimulated the growth of plants their waste um, hydrated and fertilized the soil and their trampling pressed in um, the decaying the dying plant matter the dried out plant matter so that it could be acted upon by the microbial life all of which maintain moisture in the soil and those animals were in turn were managed by predators that would keep them on the move and without those predators in our landscapes right now then um, we humans can manage those animals in the same way Sometimes um, when I explain the book, I, I say that it's an exploration of water as a verb as opposed to merely water as a noun. What struck me was that, when, that in our conversations, our public conversations about the California drought, what was missing was land. That drought was looked upon as a matter of what does or doesn't come down from the sky. And land degradation was not mentioned at all all over the U.S. during the California drought. And the headline was something like, we needed, I think it was, 11 trillion Olympic swimming pools worth of rainfall so that we could beat the drought. And that amused me because, well... You know, that's all very well and good, but if we continue to degrade the land, the, you know, huge expanses of land in California um, that are used for, as, that are rangelands, um, once, you know, thriving gra grasslands or agricultural lands, if we mismanage them well, then 11 trillion swimming pools worth of, of rainfall won't really help the problem. In fact, that would be a waste of perfectly good swimming pool water. However, if we did restore those, those lands and really focused on how to manage them better, then maybe we could get away with much less in terms of our swimming pool use of water.
while we look at climate change as a matter of carbon, we're missing the fact that water is a huge thermoregulator of our of our planet. That water um, that our water processes, infiltration, transpiration, evaporation, condensation, have such a huge impact on. The energy balance of our planet. That I wanted to bring in water, as it can affect climate. That plants are running the show. The extent to which plants are running the show. So、um, there's an Australian farmer, author, kind of maverick thinker named Peter Andrews, and he. Uh, there's a quote from him that I like to refer to because I think it's it's so telling, and that is this: that plants manage water, and in managing water, they are managing heat. Our financial system does not make any sense because we are rewarded for. Practices that are ultimately diminishing our natural wealth. Just listen to the summary of the interview. For the full-length interview, please find the link in the description below. If you found the investing in regenerative agriculture and food podcast valuable, there are a few simple ways you can use to support it. Number one, rate and review the podcast on your podcast app. That's the best way for other listeners to find the podcast, and it only takes a few seconds. Number two. Share this podcast on social media or email it to your friends and colleagues. Number three, if this podcast has been of value to you, and if you have the means, please join my Patreon community to help grow this platform and allow me to take it further. You can find all the details on Patreon.com/slash/regenerativeagriculture or in the description below. Thank you so much, and see you at the next podcast.